Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Word About Wealth, podcast where we tackle the often complicated world of money and finance. My name is Kevin. And this is Van. What we do here on this podcast is take a common sense approach to all things money. We'll do our best to to find some concepts, give some examples, and just have a casual conversation about money and wealth. Our ultimate goal here is to help you build that wealth. It is important to note that we are not financial advisors, nor do we pretend to be. What we share on this podcast should be taken as general education and financial entertainment and must not be misconstrued as official financial advice. That is correct, my friend. How are you, Van? How's it going? Uh, doing okay. Um, today was actually a decent day <laughs> from the quarantine. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the That's kids good. were semi-behave. Um, actually, actually, my uh, my youngest one did have a temper tantrum, but it was understandable because she didn't nap at all this week, this afternoon. Mm. So, but the good news is she fell asleep like a rock, like as soon as she hit the the pillow. So, um, yeah. So, so I, I call that a win. <laughs> Yeah, how's your how's your quarantine been? Yeah, it's been a um, a lot of the. I feel like every day is fairly the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get some exercise in, get to work, get to you know, eat lunch, go back to work, take care of the kid, <laughs> and then uh, you know here we are. So doing the podcast with you is definitely uh, something nice uh, to break up the day to day, if you will. Yeah, so, it's definitely a high, yeah, definitely a highlight of my day as well. Um, and yeah. I'm curious though, with your workload. I mean, I'm still on furlough, but your workload mm-hmm. has it been pretty crazy still, or has it been manageable? I mean, how has your workload been? Yeah, it's definitely calmed down a little bit. Um, there was kind of a freak out in the beginning because we're in the retail um, sector, and uh, you know the fact that people were not figuring out. We're not exactly sure what's going to happen. But now that there's more of protocols in place, some parts of the country is opening up, uh, there's a little bit more certainty. And with that certainty comes a little bit more consistency in the work. So that's been nice. But I have to say, you know, the business in general, it's more of everybody's on hold still than it is mm. ramping up. So it's it's kind of like a little bit of a break, if you will, um, which is nice to some degree. But as we talked about uh, before, you know, on the company side, you don't want too long of a break either. So, um, right. hopefully, business picks back up, and you know, we can give some more clarity about what's going to happen in the future. Right. Yeah, I know. Like, um, I was looking at Orange County in particular. We have there's uh, I think I think they had there's a bunch of mandates that they have that each company or each business has to do in order to uh, before they open business and. Is that right? Um, it sounds yeah. like, yep. yeah, um, I mean, I don't recall anything on top of my head but other than like sanitizing areas and um, mm-hmm. you know, making sure people are distanced between each other and all that. And, yeah. um, you know, basically, I, I think I also recall seeing something like uh, doing more curbside pickups and things like that. Right. right. But, yep. Um, yep. But it, but I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a slow trickle, but it, you know, every, a lot of people I talk to seems to be pretty anxious to get back to normal. But then again, uh, you know, my wife and I were still a little bit uh, on the conservative side yet. Um, it, it, yeah, yeah, I don't, it's, I don't Same really here. know when we're going to go back into work <laughs> basically, but, yeah. uh, you know, we, I think my wife and I would prefer to stay at home, uh, or yeah. try to be at home as much as we can, um, until, yeah. you know, we get the call that says, Hey, hey everybody get back to work. Come back in. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I think, I think I completely agree that there's a, a section of the population that's eager to get back, you know, kind of regardless and there's also a good section of people similar to i think both you and me and our families who are wanting to be as cautious as possible still um but this is you know i I think what's happened though and this will kind of segue into the episode is you know van i've I've been pushing you to kind of talk about this for a little bit uh now and i'm really excited about tonight's episode or today's episode because it's um you know van has kind of cross that bridge, if you will, is or at least starting to cross that bridge um, and thinking about starting something on the side for himself, you know, which is really neat. And, you know, obviously Van has enlightened us with this podcast for, you know, the, the last two to three years. And even before that, you know, I, I definitely always looked up to Van in terms of his financial knowledge and the fact that he's now starting to do something uh, is really exciting. And I encouraged him to really let's talk about it, you know, because I think within the quarantine, there's definitely a lot of people starting to have that conversation, right? Van about, should I 
should I start something on the side? Should I, you know, diversify my, my risk myself, you know, and how do I make sure that even in a downturn like this, I can still generate income maybe on the side. So, um, I think it's very timely. I think it's a very timely episode to kind of talk uh, and hear about Van and the journey he's taken so far to, you know, what was the decision making he made to get to this point. So that's kind of what tonight's episode is going to be a little bit about. It's going to be this, uh, what I call a fireside chat van, uh, a lot of Q&A. So it's going to be a little bit different than what we've done perhaps in past episodes. Uh, but I think it's going to be a good one. Right, Van? Yeah. Right, Van? Yeah, You're I think so. Share yeah. us all the, all the nuggets of what it means to start a business and kind of take it yeah, from there. I, I have to admit, I, you know, I actually had to uh, pick my wife's brain quite a bit because she actually had a side small business before uh, doing mm. some wedding planning and all that. And I, to be honest, I, I did not know what to do. I just, I thought all I had to do was just uh, sign up a domain and that's about it. Yeah. But <laughs> there was more, I mean, it wasn't that much more to it, but, um, but I mean, it wasn't like a, a big ordeal, but it was definitely an educational experience just to kind of set everything up and know what needs to be in place. Yeah. There's quite a few steps, right, Van? I mean, I'm, I know we'll get into it, but um, it's, it's not always just you know, oh, let's set it up. I mean, in some cases you can do it that way, but definitely there's a usual process and we'll get into that. Um, and, you know, outside of obviously learning about what, uh, you know, Van is doing and kind of hearing his journey, you know, my whole point and the objective of having this this uh, episode tonight is I hope it enlightens some of the people who are out there sitting, you know, listening to us and thinking, hey, Maybe I should start thinking about that. And my hope is that listening to Van's journey, you're, it can impact you and make that decision for you. Because sometimes you do need that little bit of push. Hearing someone else do it, you might say, oh, maybe it's time for me to do that. So hopefully that can spark some uh, inspiration for some of the people that are listening here tonight as well. Right. And yeah, especially if you are unemployed or you're on furlough like me, there's, you know, they do have more time on your hands. I mean, uh, I do, um, you know, I, I keep complaining about taking care of my kids, which I mean, I do enjoy. Uh, but there are some <laughs> moments that, you know, lots of moments I enjoy, but there are certain moments that I wish uh, I was back in the office. But <laughs> this is a really good time just to kind of brainstorm to see what other opportunities are there for you to explore yeah. that or think about things that you've always wanted to do. Because unfortunately, I know most people probably don't wake up every Monday morning and like itching to get back to work. I mean, that's, per that's right. pretty rare, right. I would have to say. How I mean, I don't hate my job by any means. I do enjoy my job thoroughly. It's just, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's always other passions that I want to do. And I always wanted to figure out a way to, you know, make a living doing those passions and a lot of times you know yeah. you know certain hobbies don't lend themselves to that but you know, you know maybe uh, if you think about it another way or if you if there's another uh, spin you can do it maybe you can figure out a way to turn your hobbies into something more lucrative and all that so uh, yeah. I mean, yeah this is kind of this is that was kind of like um, the main driver uh, you know from the last furlough i had it really just kind of pushed me to want to get this uh, kick started i have to say well, that's good. You know, and I think it's, uh, as I said, very timely. And, you know, Van, you know, I, w I wish sports card collecting could be its own career. That was yeah. kind of my dream. <laughs> you know, as Van knows, I'm a big sports card guy. It's weaned off of that um, for a while now, given, you know, being more responsible with finances. But, uh, man, I wish that could be a career. That'd be so awesome. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean... Well, you know, a lot you say that, but I'm sure a lot of those um, box breaker guys on YouTube probably oh, yeah. generate quite a bit of oh, income, yeah. right? Just yeah. because uh, they probably, you know, have a steady stream of income just uh, opening boxes, yeah. and it's <laughs> what a job, and yeah, people man. like what you watching, job. right? <laughs> oh my gosh, what a job! Oh god. Okay. Anyways, back to the topic here. Um, so Van, so the way that we've structured today, so, so basically I gave Van a kind of a set of questions that I, I wanted to ask him, but I didn't look at any of his responses. We want to make this as very kind of just free flowing as possible. Cause I'm genuinely curious as well. I haven't really heard too much about, you know, Van's journey to get to this point. So Van, why don't you kind of start us off a little bit. My first question to you, well, I mean, I, let me first say, I mean, the disclaimer is obviously Van's going to be doing something finance related. I don't think that's a big surprise by any, by any stretch, but surprise, right? <laughs> surprise, you know, no, he's going to do something else, but, um, right. 
I mean, Van, ever since we started this podcast, one of the things that both you and I really enjoy talking about has been finances. You know, it's something that even before the podcast, we talked about it, hence why we decided to do this. Can you talk to us about, you know, when in your life did finances become much more important and why do you spend the, you know, you, you definitely know more than the, the usual or average person. You'd spend time reading blogs and things like that. What drives you to want to understand finances? Right. So, uh, really, the main thing about finances, I, I say for me, was uh, I want that security. And um, yeah. I think I had mentioned in you know, one of the earlier episodes that growing up, I definitely did not, you know, I wasn't raised in a house with a lot of money by any means. And in a way, like uh, I just wanted to make sure that not only, um, you know, um, would my family be uh, financially secure, but I also want to make sure that uh, we would we were living comfortably and basically living the American dream in a way. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I, I would say that's pretty general and <laughs> pretty broad. But um, if you think about if I could think about kind of back at a certain uh, event that really kickstarted me into down this like uh, financial like uh, knowledge spiral <laughs> was uh, right around a time where right before I got married. Because uh, mm-hmm. after I proposed to my wife and all that, you know, I wanted to make sure that um, not only was the the ring and all the expenses for the wedding and all that stuff uh, was going to be paid with cash. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that we, uh, my wife and I weren't really settled in debt even, you know, while, when we get married. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, my wife and I were very, we were pretty strict. Uh, I mean, there were some things that we, um, you know, increased the budget on and things like that, like any, any big project you would do. But um, for the most part, we were pretty good about um, setting uh, good budgets on how much like flour should be, how much uh, the venue should be and all that stuff. Wow. So uh, I think, yeah, brings you back going through this <laughs> yeah I, mean, I think going through this whole like project really and uh, basically managing it uh, to the t with all the expenses and making sure that we had enough uh cash flow every, at the end of every month to pay these vendors and all that i think that was really what really pushed me into the into the realm of like look you know if we can do this debt free then you know what else can we achieve and all that financially yeah and i i would also even say like around this time uh, my wife actually introduced me uh, good to uh, you know good old dave ramsey you know I, yeah, I think you know who Good he old is, day. right? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, and around that time, I recall, like, during my commutes to work, you know, sometime have his uh, radio on. Um, I know he had, like, an AM radio station. I think he still does right now. But, oh, he does? Uh, from, oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, I don't know if he has one right now. Uh, he, he Actually, he might, he might still have it. I just I just know that, uh, but nowadays, I listen to him on this podcast, uh, you know, platform and all, which is... Basically, a recording of his radio show. Now I think about it. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. uh, listening to Dave was really what laid up my foundation of good money thinking. Figuring out what steps I was in the initial baby steps was really what propelled me to, I think, start thinking even more critically about um, managing uh, finances and really, you know, finding a lot of fun in doing that. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, at, I think at the time when I first started listening to Dave, I was on baby step number uh, at the end of baby step number three, which was really, um, you know, we had we didn't really I didn't really have any debt at the time. You know, and I think I was just barely finishing up my three to six months ex- emergency funds. And mm-hmm. I, you know, we were on our way to, I think, just basically save more money towards like retirement and all that stuff. So I think that was for me a really good time to um, get to the building wealth stage <laughs> uh, on that. Yeah. Well, that's great. And, and some, yeah, uh, sorry, man, I was just going to say, I mean, you, you kind of pr- turned Dave Ramsey, uh, recommended Dave Ramsey to me. And it was something, you know, Dave definitely has that kind of, let's, let's kind of do this together and really very methodical process. So, um, right. I can see why that could be such a kind of, uh, an impact on you. So, because it was for me as well. So, anyway, sorry, continue. No, no, absolutely. Because, yeah, I think, honestly, I think that if everybody followed Dave's teachings, even though it's, it is ultra conservative, and I think a lot of people would find it a little bit backwards um, on some of the things he did, um, I, frankly, I think we would be a lot better for it as a country, um, to be honest, just because yeah. you wouldn't have nearly as many people hurting um, financially right now. And I think, it, you know, a lot of his a lot of his teachings is really made for like, you know, the, the mass, um, the, the masses out there. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's really, it's not really catered to anybody in particular, but I think if everybody did follow it, then it would definitely help. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I have to say though, like, um, but you know, I, so I was listening to Dave for quite a while and it really mm-hmm. cemented like the way I should think. But, um, eventually I kind of felt that, uh, I did kind of feel like I did outgrew his teachings, mainly because, uh, especially in like the investment side, because Dave has a pretty, 
I would say you know, he does he does give you some advice on what you should invest in in your um, in your 401ks and all that stuff but it didn't it never really jived with me because it was basically like a hundred percent stock like regardless of what age you were and I did you know it didn't really it didn't really uh, fit what uh, my risk profile was so um, around like you know maybe a few years a couple of years after we were married um, I you know I, we had I was talking to a good buddy of mine and um, you know, he was an accountant and he was, uh, you know, I think we just happened to talk about money. And, you know, you know, I'm not sure about you, Kevin, but I don't really have many people I can talk about this topic to just because I think it's, right. uh, it's, it's usually topic, every, for sure. Yeah, it's a sensitive topic. And I think people think it's more like, uh, you know, it, it's very private uh, for them. Right. Sure. They don't really want to yeah. air any any dirty laundry and all that. But, you know, exactly. uh, but. I was talking to my friend and um, he actually introduced me into the world of financial independence and early retirement. And I was like, what, what the heck is all this stuff? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh-huh. yeah. And um, th- this is when I started uh, reading a lot of, uh, in, uh, a lot of blogs from like uh, Mr. Money Mustache or uh, Jim's Collins with his stock series, um, Mr. Money, um, uh, Mr. 1500 days of freedom yeah. and all that. And at this point, I think I, it beca- I really became obsessed with optimizing yeah. my finances. And this is where it became even more fun because I felt like I was really starting to learn how to hack <laughs> my finances and all that. Um, understand Understanding how uh, fees work and all that, and these are the certain things that I would say Dave's teaching kind of glossed over, but it, they don't really go into too much detail into it. But yeah. I think for somebody who has is as detailed oriented as me, um, I think doing the whole financial independence, uh, the whole fire movement, really resonated with me. Yeah, and the fire. Can you remember, can you remind our audience what fire stands for? Yeah, it's a, fire, a financial independence and retire early. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, it's kind of like yeah. your pants on fire. Let's get retirement early. But yeah, um, yeah, um, we, no, that's great. Man. It, it never, yeah, because it never occurred to me that somebody can actually retire at like thirty-five, and that that right. was like, whoa, like how, yeah. <laughs> how is that even possible? And and it is. Um, it's just I think um, a lot of, it, but it does require a, a pretty big lifestyle um, yeah. change that than the than the normal American <laughs> can uh, basically has today. And then can you, what would you say, like at what point, how long ago was this when you kind of had this, this switch from like, oh, this was something that was neat, you know, listening to Dave Ramsey, but then jumping into this higher level of saying, look, this is something I really want to see as almost like a hobby. I'm really interested in this. Um, like you called it an obsession, a healthy obsession, but like how long ago was this? Was this like a year ago? Was this a long time? You know, how long has this been for you? It was around, I would say like maybe about a year or two before my first daughter was, so let's say like between six or seven years ago was when wow, so I started it's been a while. into this. Yeah. Yeah. Con- and you've been still very consistent in kind of just really reading up on what's the latest ideas and hacks as you call it, right? Right, right. And it's, it kind of, I mean, if you look into this type of world, I mean, there I, I named like three of probably the biggest personalities of this but there's mm-hmm. actually quite a few other personalities out there that um are just as um just as uh, what's the word i'm thinking of like uh, uh inspirational <laughs> yeah <laughs> to, to say the least influential too right they exactly yeah i didn't want to say like all of them really spoke to me but I, there was a certain like maybe a certain few that really did so that's kind of my my second question for you the second topic now that we kind of establish where that passion is coming from you know i know from personally in talking to you on this podcast over the years and just being your brother-in-law um a lot of people definitely know about our podcast and you get hit up quite a bit um, from just various people, right? Either, you know, I know some of my friends have reached out um, to you. I know even family members, even uh, friends of family members, etc. You know, so you see across a wide cross of, uh, of people's finances. I'm curious, like, what is your take on people's approach to finances? As someone who is so kind of up to date, if you will, on what's happening in the FI community, I would bet that not a lot of people are. So I'm just kind of curious, what is, has been your take when people have asked you? Obviously, it's great that they're asking and they're wanting to get involved. But where do you see the state of where people's finances are, if you could take a guess, just based on your experience? So I, I would say every case that I've seen so far has been extremely interesting to me. I mean, even though they mm. may think it's like kind of mundane or, or, or sure. whatnot, but I actually thought um, I actually take every case as something um Hang on for a second. Hannah's knocking on the door. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hannah, what are you doing? 
I know, and I'm recording though, you know. How come you're not going to bed? You're not tired. Okay, well, <laughs> Anna, if you're gonna stay in here, you're gonna have to be very, very quiet, okay? Like, like, like as quiet as a mouse, probably even more quiet than that. Can you do that? Okay. You can't make any sound. How about listen? You can listen, but you can't make any sound. Okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, here, you can listen on this one, Hannah. Um, you want a chair? All right, let me go grab a chair for you. Hang on, Kevin. Hannah. Hey, Hannah. Hannah is not sleeping. All right, Hannah, you're going to so have to late. be very, very quiet. Can you promise me to be very, very quiet? Okay. Yesterday, you were not very quiet, so I need you to be extremely quiet, okay? Deal? All right, here. You can listen to this one. Uh, I would say that most people that I speak to, though, um, I think they do have good intentions on what they want to do and all that. But I think because there's a lot of like bad information out there and there's especially or there may be good information, but it's the wrong information for that individual. It's difficult yeah. to kind of figure out how to apply certain things or how to even do certain things. Like, for instance, uh, you know, how to pay off your, your debts and all that stuff. Right. I mean, there's a there's an optimal way of doing it. And then there's like uh, there's an optimal way and there's a feel good way. And then there's the wrong way of doing it. And right. you get some people say, yeah, yeah, like I put in like a couple hundred uh, extra hundred bucks on this uh, loan and then another month I'll put an extra couple hundred bucks on another loan. And it's just kind of mm -hmm. like it's not very uh, succinct with, um, you know, how to get out of this debt quickly. So yeah. when it comes to things like that, I think it's pretty easy to kind of show the, um, the you know, the, the method that, you know, I would recommend and get them to do that. But yeah. Uh, but I would say like most people um, that I speak to also tend to think that debt as a very normal thing. And to me, that, that's, yeah. that's very scary because a lot of folks do have a credit card uh, debt or they have like car loans or student loans and all that stuff. And the fact that, you know, the, you know really the, um, the our cultures really kind of normalize all these things to say like, oh, it's just a fact of life. So um, why not get it? And, you know, this thing is this thing I'm going to buy is only an extra hundred dollars a month to make it more affordable. But in, in the end, like, I feel like it's definitely hurting everybody and it it makes it hard for everybody to kind of get ahead in life if they're kind of um, straddled by all these uh, these chains <laughs> and all that. That is called debt. Right. And yeah. I think um, I think that uh, most of the people that I talk to kind of are really really have a lot of questions to around debt, like, um, you know, just to kind of figure out, you know, how do these shit manage it and all that. And like I mentioned before, um, the fact that they're asking about these questions is, I think it's a really good positive thing just because they want, they know that, you know, one, they probably recognize that it's somewhat of a problem. And secondly, they want to know what's the best way they can deal with it. Well, awesome, man. Thanks for kind of walking us through that. Cause you know, I definitely have been on the other end, you know, sometimes you and I talk casually just about, you know, how have those, you know, what are some of the insights that you're seeing from these conversations? And it's been very eye-opening to your point, just how much people are eager to do the right thing. Uh, but sometimes it's very confusing in this, in this uh, environment because there's so many kind of gotcha schemes that people are doing. Like you said, like, hey, you know, buy this $200,000 thing, you know, but it's easy payments of two dollars a day you know or whatever right, you know it's yeah. very it makes it seem like it's super easy uh, but instead it's actually saddling you with that debt so um, yeah. But yeah, and that, you know what's, what's even yeah. what's even? I mean, I, I've heard this quite a bit of times, but a lot of times it's um, you know people would ask me. You know, let's say they you know buy that two hundred thousand dollar thing, and later on they're like, hey, like you know, what can I invest in like right now so that way I can pay up all my debts? And I'm like, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and you know, you usually kind of educate them and say, hey, you know, you're probably not in the risk space to really invest and try to pay this yeah. off like you should really pay it off with like cash and all that and i yeah. think um the misinformation of like kind of the order and things of um, when to uh, pay off your debt versus when to invest and all that i think that is something that is very confusing as well because everybody has um, their own opinion about that as well right so um, yeah. i know dave ramsey has a very like uh, easy to follow model to do that and he basically yeah. um believes that you don't 
pay you don't start to invest at all until you finish paying all your debts out and I, yep. if you talk to a lot of other uh, financial people i mean they, they may not have that they may think that's way too conservative so um right. and I, I would say for my end i think i'm more leaning towards dave but i'm kind Same of here. uh you know i also yep. i also look at what what their um, what the person's risk profile is and to see you know what would really match what you know um not only Getting them to their goal as, uh, as quickly as possible, but also like uh, making sure that they're not digging themselves like a hole <laughs> doing it as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think there's definitely lots of trains of thoughts out there, but that's good to kind of hear your kind of approach to it. Um, so, Van, let's transition and switch gears a little bit. So, sure. you know, now that we've kind of established your interest in finances and how that works, obviously the other side of running a business is, you know, you have to be interested in the business side to some degree as well, right? I mean, it's one thing to take it as a hobby. Suddenly, when you switch it into a business, you know, a profit-making uh, or hopefully profit-making side of this, uh, it's a different kind of conversation, right? So, I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts. Um, what was what was kind of your interest in starting a business before you decided to start a business? <laughs> I guess that's the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I never was interested in starting a business because I always liked the yeah. idea of working for, at a company and mm-hmm. uh, getting benefits and just kind of not um, letting, essentially kind of doing everything under the company's name and not dealing yeah. with all the like the um, the little minor details and like, you know, ins- um, like uh, liabilities and all that stuff. Right. So right. Um, I, I like I like that idea. And the fact that, you know, I was working as an engineer for quite a while, um, it was also pretty lucrative. Um, I knew that salary mm-hmm. starting was pretty decent and all that. So that yeah. um, th- that's why from that standpoint, I never really uh, didn't have any interest in doing a business before. But the thing that changed now was because I always wanted to do something that would help people and right I, and i think like uh, because pe- a lot of people do have questions about money or and they you know they already have money issues i see that there's a pretty good business model there to to uh, to start so that way we i can not only help people but also make some a side change in yeah. the meantime as well absolutely and you know this is something that you know for folks out there that are listening i you know i've I, I remember talking to Van throughout. I said, man, you should really be doing this as a business. And I remember Van would always tell me that it wasn't something that he was wanting to do at the time. So it was so exciting to see that he's decided that this is going to be the case. Um, was there, did anything, is the timing coincidental to you, Van? Was this something you were going to do prior to even all this shutdown and, you know, obvious impacts of the, the economy and all that? Or was it, or was this the thing that actually helped push it along to say, you know what, I really got to do this? Talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, to be honest, um, I let's put it this way. So I always uh, didn't know um, what it can be in the financial industry because I didn't really want to mm-hmm. be like um, somebody selling insurance and all that. Because I know right. uh, some of my friends who started the financial planner route, um, they actually had to, you know, pay their dues by working at some sort of firm and they were um, they were there to push like products or they, pu- they were mm-hmm. there to like basically be salesmen and all that and I didn't really want to do that um, and right. I think I was really struggling to f- figure out like you know what can I do um, I mean what can I do without relatively easily without getting all these certification because I, I don't know if you are aware of all the certification but if to be a like a certified financial uh, certified p- financial planner of CFP um, there's quite mm-hmm. a bit of work involved and you need like thousands right. of hours of experience and all yep. that so in a way I, I wanted to figure out a way just to help people right because yeah. I don't want to go through all these loops and um, loops and all that stuff just to sell like something that I don't believe in and all that I thought that this was a good opportune time just because a lot of people are hurting and the fact that I know yeah. there was that statistic of you know it was like what eighty percent of Americans can't pay like a like a five hundred dollar um, debt or something like that. Right? I mean I'm, mm-hmm. I'm probably butchering mm-hmm. that, but uh, to to some point I actually I think that <laughs> I actually think that that's a, that that's a real big indicator of how bad the state of personal finances are in this country. And I feel like right. if I, um, there was yeah. somebody there who can teach somebody, you know, one person at a time, I think, you know, maybe instead of being 80%, maybe it could be like, you know, 10%, <laughs> who knows, right? So, um, yeah. and the fact that a lot of a lot of folks are doing your part. Yeah, here. a lot of Absolutely. folks are really relying on these government bailouts. And I mean, if I was relying on government bailouts today in my circumstance, I, I would just be so stressed that I know that, you know, not only will my yeah. relationships be, you know, yeah. I would be so on edge with not only my kids, my wife, but also my personal health and all that. And I think if 
Absolutely. If you had that Mental financial health, security, yeah. like Everything. you can just not only be a better person, but you can also like live a happier lifestyle, right? So like right now I'm, I'm treating these furloughs like a vacation and I'm not worried about, yeah. I'm not really worried about money at all, at least in the short term, right? So, and I think yep. more people need to be there and I really want to teach people how to get to that point. And you don't need to make like a baji- bazillion yeah. dollars to get to that point either. I mean, I think I, I know plenty of people um, who make very modest incomes who can get to this comfort point, but it's just the whole heart of all this. It's just really a process of teaching people the process of how to get to that point. It's awesome, man. Yeah, I love that. I think, you know, finding that passion, I can definitely, I, and I, you know, knowing you for so long, obviously, um, yeah, I know you're incredibly passionate about this. And I'd love to hear that that's kind of what's driving this for you. So let's kind of get into the nuts and bolts, man. I mean, obviously, we've been talking about your interests and all that. Why don't you, can you kind of just help describe what it is, what kind of business are you thinking this is going to look like? Right. I mean, I think we talked about this for the last uh, so many minutes and we haven't talked about what kind of business it is. But um, so yeah. what, what I, what I start, I'm starting is something called a financial coaching service. Um, actually, the company that I okay. started is called uh, Self-Reliant FI. Um, FI stands for Financial Independence, of course. And, um, you know, when I, the, the cool. funny thing is that when I spoke to a few folks about fin- uh, financial coaching, um, I, I, everybody kind of automatically assumed that I would be a financial advisor and that there's actually a very, right. uh, a really big difference between a financial coach versus a financial advisor. And I have to say that a financial mm-hmm. advisor typically are there to, they're really there to kind of uh, sell you or like kind of put you in investment products and kind of like manage your portfolio and like all your assets and all that stuff. But they don't, I think, I don't think they're really there to help you like to create a budget or they're not really there to attack like the root cause of why you're in this mess. But in in, in the most sense, um, most financial advisors require you to have some sort of money or net worth before you can even start with them. Right. And with a financial coach, um, you know, the, the idea is like you can come from any walks of life from, from, uh, you know, in, in your financial journey, um, whether you're starting out in, in college or whether you're deeply in debt or whether or um, you could also be already in your professional career making a, a bunch of money and like, you know, already saving. But regardless, like, you know, if um, this financial coach is really there just to kind of help not only optimize your money, but also teach you along the way um, on how to behave better with money, because I think at the root of this issue that you see a lot of people, I think, I mean, there's poverty and all that. I'm not, that, I'm not discounting that whatsoever, but there's also another issue with, you know, somebody making a, you know, really good income, but just behaving really poorly with their money, especially buying like yeah. houses they can't afford, buying cars they can't afford, buying, you know, um, just impressing, right. you know, the Joneses and all that. Right. And, um, I, I think this is, yeah, I think there's plenty of people that we can help there as well to kind of figure, help them figure out a way to make sure that they can retire comfortably. That's really, in, I guess in a nutshell, what a financial coach is, is really there to kind of help cool. you yeah. uh, better yourself with your money and not necessarily just, you know, trying to push you through with certain products <laughs> like life insurance and annuities and all yeah. that stuff. And it's kind of, it's very much that word coach, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like almost like a trainer for the, for the gym, right. someone who comes in, you could be out of shape, you could be fit, but someone who's really going to hold you accountable to some degree. Absolutely. Um, and know that, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're not, it, you know, I can see how that's very different than a, an, an advisor, given that we work with an advisor now, you know, you're really going to get into the nuts and bolts of how do you going to help this person live a better lifestyle in terms of how they manage their money, almost like financial fitness to some degree. Exactly. Um, that's great. That's very cool. One of the things I know that financial advisors have to abide by is certain regulations and things like that. Does Do you know if that impl- impacts any type of coaching service or is this how closely aligned are these things to the kind of the advisor regulations? So with coaches, it's definitely not regulated um, at the moment. With I know with the financial advisors, mm, because okay. there's a lot of legalities between that with, um, you know, basically right. re- recommending things because, um, you know, if you're a fiduciary, for instance, you, you have to make sure that um, everything that you do, everything, any kind of product that you provide um, that you are recommending, it, mm-hmm. it's not... The, do not have a um, has the client's uh, best interest first, and not does it not give you some sort of cutback because you know what product A gives you more right. cutback than product B and things like that, right? So no conflict of interest and all Got that. It. So that, you know things like that makes yeah. uh, financial advising a lot more. Um, you know, financial advising has to be a lot more careful um, with all that because it is strictly regulated. Yeah. But coaching itself definitely doesn't is is kind of a new. Um, 
kind of a new paradigm with this and it, it's I don't, I don't know how long it's been around but I don't think it's been around for all that long but it, there's definitely not a lot of regulation but you know with, with any laws that you know um, it's just a matter of time where uh, you know because laws are always re- yeah. reactive right so <laughs> I think until like right. there's like a right. Bernie Madoff like version of a financial coach <laughs> um, then I don't think there's it, there won't be any regulation but the fact that it matters you know as a financial yeah. coach I'm never going to be saying I'm never going to be recommending any kind of products at all because really I can exactly. I can educate and say like That's okay well right. um, you can show me a bunch of products and I could kind of educate you based on what I know on what I believe but at the, at the end of the day um, it's the individual who has to decide on whether or not they want to take that path exactly. so I'm never going to be uh, exactly. you know, invoice uh, basically providing any paperwork that says here fill out this out so that way you can buy this product but no it's just more yeah just more really the educational process and kind of really there to exactly answer any kind of questions they have and kind of attack the problems that or the or not really the problem but attack the really address all the um the major concerns or issues that they really want to uh, you know they really want to tackle <laughs> i don't know i just kind of yeah. we're talking in a circle Very there cool. but whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, man, you kind of touched upon this earlier, but I, I still want to ask that question. I always, you know, when I encounter someone who says, hey, I'm going to start a business, you know, find, like identifying what your objective, what your end goal mm-hmm. is going to be is always important. Like, what is that for you with business? I mean, I know you talked about like this idea that you want to help people, um, but, you know, kind of like, what do you hope to accomplish by starting this business and, and getting and kind of engaged with potential clients? Well, I think the end goal is really just to uh, basically continue to have like um like a steady stream of clients that can help out with these and then in turn they can like make send referrals and all that but really I, I really want them everybody sure. who I talk to be in a better place than they were before um, I'll, I'll give you an example so uh, you, you had mentioned that um, we um, that you know I've spoken to other people like some of your friends some of my friends before and kind of semi coached mm-hmm. them and I, I want to say that I didn't really I, I, I can't say that I gave them like a formal coaching but this is kind of done a little bit ad hoc yeah so a person came up to me and was really wanting to know, uh, you know, what she should do with uh, the stimulus check that she received, right? So on one end, mm-hmm. like she had all the student loan debt, but on the other hand, like her her work also slashed her but uh, her income like by half. But because she was getting, you know, partial unemployment and the extra six hundred dollars a week uh, uh, unemployment paychecks, it was, you know, all that combined was actually more than what she was making, um, you know, it, when she was working full time. So her, I, her, her thing was, well, what should I do? Should I, you know, should I invest this money? Should I uh, pay off the student loan? Should I just right. sock it away? And, um, you know, originally I was like, well, let's let's take a look at your snapshot, right? So um, in her case, uh, she already had a, like about um, like a five and a half months. Um, emergency fund in cash and i was like oh that's fantastic and the only uh, the only debt she had left was really her student loans so moment since you already have this uh you know emergency fund and all that and you don't really need to add too much more to it because at the end of the day like you still you have like a pretty big surplus at you know at the end of each month so you know you might uh, my recommendation or what i suggested was why don't you just put all that into your student loan debt because if you do that um she can actually cut the her student loan payment from 10 years all the way down to like like uh, three years and in some cases um, you know when she threw in that uh, the stimulus check even um, it could be like even a little less than three years you know so um, and I was like yeah at, because at, after that three-year moment um, you can start investing like crazy right you could you know this is when you can continue start building your, yeah. your wealth and all that because you don't really want to build you know put one foot in um, you know put some of your money in building wealth and then if that crashes you still have all these student loan debt um, you want to be in a position where um, even uh, you know when that you're completely debt free and even if the market crashes you just kind of say eh, it, it kind of sucks but um, you know uh, I don't, you know, it doesn't really affect me right now because I don't need that money. So, whereas, you know, the, the right. if you were happened the other way with all this amount of debt, like you would be really stressed out <laughs> when, when the market crashes, right? So, you know, that's, those are the type of things that I was kind of walking her through in order, you know, in, to, for this like semi coaching session. <laughs> and so, so for you, it's really kind of helping people really find out what's the best way to kind of tackle you know, potentially two, you know, equally, it could be technically for someone who may not have a coach kind of find equally good options to go, but having someone to kind of rely on and have and kind of basically pick their brain a little bit to say, well, what are the pros and cons of each? Right. right? Exactly. 
Yeah. So, and I, you know, and I think like showing the numbers and showing the graphs and all that really, um, and asking like certain particular questions to kind of make everyone kind of think a little bit different way for, with their finances. I think that, you know, to me, like when I see that light bulb, like show up in their, you know, um, in their head, it's kind of when I feel like I I've, I've succeeded <laughs> and get uh, to getting all that. Yeah. Not to say that, you know, when I spoke to other folks, I know I spoke to a couple of your friends and I felt like I kind of missed the ball there because I I, I don't know if I scared them yeah. too much or um, <laughs> I maybe mean, not scaring that what maybe maybe was too intense and all that. But I think after going through some of these experiences, I think I have a good idea on how to kind of gauge on like the level of um, detail yeah. that needs to be happened. Right. Um, I remember like one, yeah, one of my, uh, sure. my, my one of my wife's coworkers asked me a question about, oh, you know, they're thinking about buying a house and you know, they, they want to know what to do. And um, they want to know if there's like you know there's certain like uh, I guess mortgage assistance stuff that they they could apply for. And you know what, what I did you know, instead of writing replying back with like maybe like a three or four sentence thing, I wrote like almost like a mini novel. <laughs> and this guy just never he hadn't he didn't reply back to me for like weeks. And I was like crap. Like I th- I showed um, I showed my wife what the email looked like. She was like what the hell man like he just asked you like a simple question <laughs> and i was like you know because I, I i feel like um like it was because to me like a mortgage is probably the biggest um, piece of debt that you're ever going to apply for or ever get in yeah, your life and to sure. me like the more in my opinion like the more knowledge the more useful knowledge you can get like you can um you know the better you are to uh, to be better equipped for this right but um i think in this case yeah. like it was just kind of you know, he was probably just taking it back like, well, like, you know, this guy is just like, he probably stopped reading after the, the third sentence. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> and just say like, well, you know what? Like he, I, I, I was just asking him for a yes or no answer and he gave me like a novel. So, you know, no thanks. So um, I think that's something that I've kind of learned. So kind of that, you know, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I got these experiences early on because I think going into this type yeah. of business, it, it will help, um, you know, kind of for me better, for me to better gauge um, what, uh, you know, the clients yeah. really want out of this session. Right. Yeah. I mean, to some degree, you're going to have to adapt to some degree, um, you know, what the, what the client is looking for. Right. right. Um, now, Van, are you thinking this is something that you will eventually do full time for yourself or is this kind of still always going to be kind of a side gig for you? Uh, I think, f- how did you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I think for now it's going to be a side gig for quite a while. I mean, I think this is something that is, okay. uh, it sounds like it could be f- very flexible. I mean, frankly, I, I don't know how to get clients quite yet, <laughs> um, mainly because I'm, that's still yeah. something I'm trying to figure out. But I think that uh, because of the flexibility and, and I think like uh, most people would either meet like, you know, after hour works or during uh, during the weekends and, and whatnot, um, it, you know, it, it sounds like I can still keep my day job a- as well. And uh, the fact of the matter is I don't think I can even generate nearly enough income to replace um, my day job anytime soon. Right. So for sure. um, it's definitely going to be a side gig for, for, for a while. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, let's, you know, I kind of wanted to move on to my next section yeah, here, sure. Van, and I wanted to ask you just, you know, now you, know, you kind of touched upon marketing just now, you know, how are you, but before we even get into kind of promoting the business and how you're going to get clients, can you help the audience understand this part? Because earlier in the, uh, in the episode, we talked about how, you know, starting a business, there is definitely certain things that you should do, right? Yeah. Um, to ensure that, you know, you get it set up. Can you talk us through about certain, some of those, you know, more technical side of things, you know, how are you setting up your business as it uh, sits right now? Sure. Um, I'm actually going to bring up a spreadsheet real quick because um, a, a lot of this stuff is still really new to me. And uh, I, I actually sure. came up with a bunch of, you know, a few things that it really, I think helped me out and it kind of laid out like kind of like step-by-step step what I needed to do. So, so I basically set up my business as a sole proprietorship because originally I thought I had to set up as an LLC, but after speaking to a couple mm-hmm. of folks, um, it's actually the same, uh, accountant friend <laughs> I mentioned earlier. Um, he said that, well, you know, it's probably, mm-hmm. you know, be- until like you become bigger and all that, um, doesn't make sense to pay all those fees for, um, an LLC. Um, so he says, you know, it's probably a lot more straightforward if you do sole proprietorship, especially if the likelihood of getting sued and all that is lower. And I think in this field, it should be lower because I'm not really recommending anything. It's more like uh, providing guidance, but not necessarily like 
like anything like like a financial planner would. But in any case, I decided to go the sole proprietor route. And I would say the only thing that I did for a sole proprietorship was one, um, I got the business license through the county, which was pretty easy. Um, also figured mm-hmm. out I got the fictitious business uh, name set up for, with the county as well. Um, and also set up the uh, DBA to doing business as, and then also set up like a newspaper publication. But um, that was really the main, the basically the minimal things that you need to do in order to set up this sole proprietorship and i think all that costs about like you know maybe 50 bucks total so it's not like it's not a big deal yeah, yeah it's pretty cheap so it's very cool yeah so so what you're saying van is basically to start a business for anybody really those four things establishes your company as a as a standalone company right, now, right? yep to some degree yeah definitely like so you can start doing business and all that and start invoicing people if you have clients etc so that doesn't seem too bad no not at all yeah i mean and that's i think that's a bare minimum i think i spent more time fig- trying to figure out a name and seeing if certain domains were taken and all that and that, that probably took me like um, a lot more hours but yeah, once you figure out your name and all that um setting up your business license and fictitious business names and dbas and all that mm. stuff that that is actually pretty easy I, I even went out of my way to set up a p.o box just because i didn't want to get a bunch of spam <laughs> oh <very laughs> right cool. so um i didn't like because I, somebody had warned me actually the same accountant guy now i think about it warned me that if you set up a business make sure to set up a, a post a p.o box because once you do all that uh, set up your business license and all that like you're going to get a flood of like mail from like random people oh, and all that and you, you don't want to use your home address <laughs> as the forefront for all that so yeah. the p.o box is really there to kind of that's good advice. filter a lot of yeah. the, those um like junk mail coming your way and all that and it does give you some sort of yeah I, I don't know if it gives you any kind of protection but really i just set that up just for just so that i don't get too much mail <laughs> but i don't think it's yeah. definitely not that's very it's not required at all but i think this is kind of a nice to have and other than that you know there's also the domain yeah. name that i purchased and then i also purchased just the uh, I also uh, am enrolling in the Dave Ramsey financial coaching class to kind of f- f- um, further hone the skill set as well. So I think that was by oh, far cool. the biggest cost. But every, um, I think all in all, it was like about a little less than two thousand dollars to get this all started. But overall, I think the, the overhead cost was pretty low. Yeah, I want to actually circle back to that um, in a little bit. Okay. But I just want to kind of wrap up the setting up. So this, I think you probably answered this, but some people when they're setting up a business, let's say they want to start a restaurant, obviously they need a location Absolutely. and things like that. For you, this seems like you're going to run this. Is it you're going to run this kind of out of your house? Um, for the time being, if it gets big and then maybe potentially think of an office or how are you thinking of this long term for you? So I think uh, right now, def- I mean, I want to keep my overhead quite low. So it's going to be running out of the house uh, yep. for sure. Um, and, as, you know, and at the moment, because Very of the cool. whole social distancing and all that, um, I think it's probably best to just meet exactly. like over yeah. the phone and do this all remotely. And, uh, you know, a business like this should be yeah. easily done remotely as long as you have all the information with you. Absolutely. Um, so I think, you know, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I hate the idea of paying rent when I don't have to. <laughs> so yeah. just running it from home is is fine with me. But to your point, a lot of other businesses may not have that option or that flexibility, right? So, sure. but you also have to think about like, there are certain business uh, side businesses that it may be nice to have an office, but you may not necessarily need one. So you have to kind of look at like your expenses to see, you know, what you can absorb and all that, because you don't, you really don't want to go into a, a ton of debt doing this either. At least uh, that's how I've, le- I've been learning this. Exactly. Yeah. And especially if it's something that you're going to start and see as a side gig, um, sometimes, you know, you have to tweak along the way. You definitely don't want to be in the hole too much. Um, if you're still adjusting, um, Van, what about, uh, did you, did you speak to, you, you also paid for like the URL and the domain and all yep, that, right? That's right. Did you do that yet? Or? I, I did that. Yeah. So I, 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 cool. I, I'm sitting on that domain right now, but there's that site has nothing at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> So what would can you kind of tell the audience a little bit if you don't mind sharing how much that just kind of general basic cost like let's take the Dave Ramsey course out of that okay. given that that's kind of a specialized expense what are you what are we talking finance wise yeah. to kind of start a business because those seems like 
the most important things. Sure. So let me, uh, I'm going to break it down to you right now. So here are the uh, costs like line by line that I have. So uh, first was the mm-hmm. PO box purchase for, uh, I bought that for 12 months and that was not, and $92. Um, so that, that wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Then I have, I bought, purchased a domain for self FI, uh, self-reliant FI.com uh, for, you know, $20 and 16 cents. And then I filed the business license and fictitious business name um, for the, at the county or at the city uh, for $30. Um, then the last thing was really just setting the newspaper publication and that was $20. So all in all, um, I would say mm-hmm. it was, let's see here. I, I'm just doing this Excel okay. real quick. My formula got, well, like, uh, there we go. All right. So $162 and 16 cents. So 62, this is, so again, there you go. my overhead, I mean, again, this is, uh, I think if, if, if you have like, um, I mean, if you're opening up a restaurant, then I don't think your overhead is your cost is going to yeah, be right, this, obviously. right? Right. But, yeah, um, sure. but if you have like an a, like a simple idea or a certain service, like because right now, if you think about it, my my business really is a service type business, right? So if and if you have other service type business right. that um, just relies on like your consulting abilities, then you know this. I don't see why you can you wouldn't have to spend more than two hundred dollars to set up your business. It it should be pretty quick, quick and easy. Very neat. And how long did you would you say you spent to get to that point? Just kind of getting everything set up but like a day two days i would say longer. the um you know setting up the domain name and i actually did a lot of this stuff all in a day um it's just you know sometimes you have to wait oh very yeah cool. i mean sometimes you have to wait like especially with sure. the city you have to wait like you know a few days for them to reply back and all that but for the yeah. most part like once you, you can set up everything like i would say in an afternoon um I, like i said the the thing that takes the longest time is coming up with a name <laughs> i think once you, you yeah. once that thing that that probably took like maybe a couple at least a couple of weeks to come up with that name even and i, I came up with some pretty dumb ones <laughs> in the process I, 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 oh, yeah man. i wish i had them with me but i think i had deleted them because uh, my wife said they were stupid <laughs> oh, too bad <laughs> all right well um well let's kind of move on van you mentioned um you know i wanted to ask you about you said i know that you took the Dave Ramsey course because we had talked about this. But before that, I also know you told me you had talked to the SBA at some point, right? I No, I haven't. So, I, I wasn't planning to do anything. Oh, you didn't talk no. to them? Well, I, actually, I take that back. Okay, oh, gotcha, I gotcha. did. You're right. Like, my wife and didn't I... Didn't take a course? We didn't yeah. take a course, but we went to this entrepreneur um, workshop at Cal State Fullerton um, earlier oh, okay. in the year. And there were representatives from certain, like, banks and all that who talked about it. But to be honest with you, like, I, I wasn't planning to create any kind of loans for anything like that uh, for this business so i kind of yeah i was kind of like not really paying gotcha. attention during, <laughs> during that those parts yeah but i, I could Im- i could imagine that what for, else is new? yeah I, Van in school. Yeah. just kidding <laughs> but i could imagine that uh, for a lot of folks who um need some sort of startup capital and all that going to these uh, events uh, entrepreneurship uh, workshops just to get like you know um, networked uh, just to get a, a business card from these uh, bank representatives I think would be pretty invaluable um, just because you know I think yeah. I, I mean it sounds like one of the reasons why you got your triple P loan for your business was because of your relationship with your bank right so I think right. if, if exactly. this is something that you if you plan on doing uh, I think it's very good just to establish those relations like those people relationships with bank not necessarily like you know um, things that are done online and all that Gotcha. Okay. Well, good to know. And then you let's talk about the Dave Ramsey course. Yeah. I know that that's something that uh, is a big expense, but you felt like, you know, talk to us about what that course is about and what made you decide that that was something you wanted to do. Sure. So the Dave Ramsey course, it, it really is a course that goes over kind of step by step on how to set up this business and like how do you uh, approach your clients and really looking at the human side of uh, financial coaching. And I thought that, um, you know, a lot of the Dave's teaching, like I mentioned before, um, resonated with me mainly from the getting out of debt side and all that. But um, I felt like most of the people who I would be working with really, really be on that part. So I think I thought that's um, the reason why I went with the Dave Ramsey route was because I think a lot of Dave's teaching would really resonate with a lot of people like it did with me. So I, I think that's that was yeah. my main reason why I went with this. And um, I mean, I've saw I, I've seen other uh, financial courses and all that, but it's just I didn't really. I didn't really know how to vet them because it wasn't it wasn't like there was a review site somewhere that says oh here's a review for you know this and this and that these courses and I thought that with with the Dave Ramsey coach master training it just um, it was all nice and succinct it was a nice syllabus and it um, it's done all online as well so I don't need to be in any classroom so I can kind of do this at my own pace so and I think 
yeah. And the fact that there was also a sale on it like a couple of months ago <laughs> really propelled me to uh, kind of pull the trigger on it as well. So um, just, you know, I think um, not only the teachings, nice. but also like the the, the, part, the fact that it was on sale, I think definitely uh, accelerated yeah. this purchase. Is uh, Now, how far are you in the course so far? So I'm about, um, I would say about a third of the way into it. So uh, I've kind of been okay. doing this in my twilight hours, like after the kids are asleep, just kind of with the laptop, with my yeah. earbuds. Burning that midnight oil, man. Yeah, but the, the fact of the matter is, I'm actually, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's actually been, you know, I, I can't wait oh, to good. get into it, and it's, it's really, I find a lot of enjoyment with it. I mean, I, I remember, I did not have this passion in college with, uh, with computer science, and with, with this stuff, well, there you um, go. I was, I'm really huh. passionate about it, and I'm, I'm sure that other people who are yeah. doing their side business, I mean, it, it has to be a source of passion as well. And I think if you're just doing it for the sake of Absolutely. money, these side business should really be. You know, honing into your passion, I think. And this is... Yeah, a passion project. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so... Now, um, so I'm assuming you're enjoying it so far yeah. and you feel like the information is pretty valuable, right? Sounds like. Absolutely. Well, very cool. Well, I guess the, the, the last question I have for you, Van, is uh, as we're rounding up on an hour here, is just, you know, I guess now, you know, obviously you're going to finish your kind of training program, but then the next part is going to be the hard part, right? How do you how do you get those clients? How do you get people to go? Have you had uh, some thoughts on how do you market these services? I, this is something that I'm still... Obviously, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping to use this podcast no yeah, no as shame. a platform. But I mean, the fact of the matter is that I haven't really figured that part out quite yet. And I, I think uh, I want to say there's part of... Uh, I think one of those uh, sources in, Dave, um, in the Dave Ramsey training is um, marketing and all that. And I haven't gotten to that part of it yet. But I mean, at this moment, I, I, I really don't know. Um, I'm still kind of, yeah. I'm going to explore a bunch of things to see how to do this. I mean, I think at, at the beginning, it's going to be word of mouth. But uh, going forward, I'm not sure how yeah. that's going to be. Yeah, uh, to be honest, uh, that's still TBD at the moment. So yeah, figure it out when it when that time comes. But, you know, I think word of mouth Word of mouth, I feel like, is probably the most powerful referral program here, mm. especially for something as, to your point, like, uh, while it's not as maybe as sensitive and regulated as a financial advisor, you know, coaching still requires, as we talked about at the top of the episode about, you know, the client or your, your whoever you're coaching mm -hmm. has to feel comfortable opening up and sharing, right? right. Because if they only give you half the... The, the information or if they don't if they only do half of the things that they tell you it's not going to be effective you know i guess for for people like that you know knowing that someone else has gone through it and been successful with it that to me is probably the best um form of referral the question is how do you get those initial people right, right. so hopefully there's some people listening out there that you know, will take on Van, um, <laughs> but at the same time, if you know of other people that you know um, might be interested in these, you know, I know, I think I can vouch for uh, obviously Van, and you know, this podcast can vouch for it as well. You know, there's a lot of different ideas, and it's a complex thing. So absolutely. Um, well, we wish you all the best of luck, Van. Thank and, you. You know, I definitely uh, want to uh, hope you succeed and and you know grow this into a huge business, and you know we can look back on this episode and you can give me all the credit for the for uh making sure that we talked about it so <laughs> and you know I, I don't know why i was so resistant to this because i think i wanted to finish the program and kind of like uh you know this the training and all that and then do this podcast but i'm glad you um you oh, you didn't really coerce me but yeah. <laughs> you, you definitely encouraged uh yeah. doing this and i think um yeah i think it's it's good to kind of get this out in the open because i um i think this is the first time i've actually yeah, really talked sure. about this um out in public right and uh, i mean I, I think my yeah. some of my coworkers may be listening That's to exciting. this and maybe Super even exciting. even i think my boss may be listening to this so he's like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey no conflicts no conflicts. right right but um well you know what we're going to try to do everybody is throughout this this kind of as van is continuously thinking about his next plans with how to promote his business and and lessons along the way. I'm sure there's going to be mistakes as well as successes. Uh, Van, I hope, you know, we can kind of check in with you from time to time and kind of share with us, you know, how's it going and, you know, some best tips for people who might, again, be in the same position as you um, of what to do and equally important what not to do, right? right? And, um, and perhaps that will encourage people who to go out there and kind of pursue things that they're passionate about. Absolutely. Um, I, uh, I think that's... 
usually people get motivated when they hear other people, you know, that's something that I'm big about. I always hear like, Oh yeah, all these big millionaires and billionaires did all this stuff. But, um, it's so far removed from my life, <laughs> you know, like I'm not there. Um, you know, when you see people who are putting in the hard work like you, you know, really building this up over years, not just, you know, yesterday you decided to do this. Um, I think that's really motivational, I think for a lot of people. So, right. um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, your next few steps on this and um really eager to hear how the uh that Dave Ramsey course is going to be. That sounds super fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to uh finishing it up and you know actually getting I mean I I have the business started, but uh you know figuring out how to get clients and all that. I yeah. think that's just half the fun, half the battle, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a million dollar question for a lot of people, right? right. How do you how do you actually get the business? But yep. um well cool, Van. Did you have anything else, you know, maybe that we didn't cover today that you felt like you wanted to share with anybody that might be thinking about running or starting a business uh, um, I, that we didn't cover? I have to say that, I mean, just this last part, uh, I know we're, we're running quite over, but um, I know a lot of people say that they're busy and all that. And I, I, I was also one of those people that's really that way. But I think uh, if you have, if you really have a good idea, um, I think the b- yeah. entry barrier to get that started just seems so low, right? That I think mm-hmm. it's worth trying that risk. And even, you know, even if this business fails and all that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would still be proud that I started it and not just uh, wonder Absolutely. whether or not it could ever happen, right? So even, you know, I would say yep. just if it's something that um, you have a sliver of time for, I mean, I'm, I'm just making time as I go along with, with the kids and work and all that. But if you're at home, um, you know, and have a lot of free time, then, you know, this is a perfect opportunity. <laughs> so um, just go get it. Awesome, man. Thanks for taking the time and, and sharing, uh, you know, all, all your feedback and, and kind of just telling us all about how it takes to run a business yeah. <laughs> uh, so far and getting it all set up, Van. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. I, I, um, if you guys have any questions, uh, oh, sorry, Van. No, I was saying like, I was, that you, you have a lot more uh, experience at starting a business than I would. So I'll probably be uh, getting some of well, advice from you. Yeah. A little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I can only, you know, but it's cool to see it, you know, again, as I said, to see it start from the ground up. Pretty awesome. So um, keep us, keep us updated, man. Yep, will do. Anybody out there who, you know, again, if you guys have questions or additional topics you want to talk, uh, want us to talk to, please email us at a word about wealth at gmail.com um, or and continue to please rate and review us at all the outlets that you listen to podcasts on. And we will see you next time, my friends. All right. Take care, everyone, and stay safe.